Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmates' flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. Happy Monday to you all as we are back running it back to back once again, this time covering NXT Battleground going down live in Lowell, Massachusetts. I'm Keela Cash and by my side as always once again is my co-captain, my right hand, the sometimes advocate for the rapidly improving Von Wagner still moonlighting between NXT and SmackDown and or Monday Night Raw. I bring to you Two days in a row must be some kind of record unless it's WrestleMania season. I bring to you Perky Scott Young. Welcome back, Perky. Thank you, Keela. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. Yes, we're back to back like the Chicago block on NBC, you know, and we're going <laughs> to we're going to hold it down. We're going to talk a little little battleground. Um, it was a good night of night of champions, and I think WWE went for, went two for two this weekend. They did. Now I cannot forgive you for the Chicago block on Wednesday. We have the Law and Order block on Thursday, so we're going to run it back to back to back for you, the dear listeners out there who we love very much. Only Scott can make that comparison and somehow make it stick for the people. Listen. I, I do enjoy some Chicago. It's one of those shows that, just like Law & Order was for me at first, but Chicago is one of those shows, Chicago uh, PD especially, if we want to get you know specific, it's one of those shows that just is always on and it just sucks you in and you end up watching like two. So I started watching the Chicago Fire. So I'm part of the Chicago block now. Chicago Fire, Chicago and. MD, I believe, Chicago PD, mm-hmm. yep. all the yep. Chicago's, like all the law and orders and all the FBI's on CBS as well. Dick Wolf is really making a lot of money in his 70s with all of these franchises on various networks. Listen, man, he is doing what Shonda has done, you know, on the uh, on the on Netflix with the uh, with the Bridgerton world, with that Bridgerton world bags everywhere. I'm not mad at it at all. I ain't mad at the bag. I'm just trying to get one of them bags. I need a bag, too. And speaking of that, since Scott brought it up, have you watched Bridgerton with the Mrs. Scott at some point? No. I watched that first <laughs> season. And after I heard old, my brother, old brother man, tell that, that little white girl, I yearn for you. When he said that, I was like, all right, I'm done with this show. I'm not <laughs> watching this anymore. Wait a minute. How could you? you know? That's romantic. I burn for you. Oh, that's what it was. I burn for you. Nah, I'm good. I'm good, homie. I don't need to watch that. I don't need to watch the next season. 
I don't need to watch none of the flashbacks. I'm good. We can skip that one. You can have that. I can say that it's a very good show. Queen Charlotte, I highly recommend it for the Mrs., even though you probably won't watch it. But, you know, Mm-mm. I understand that maybe that wasn't for you in terms of the I burn for you. I yearn for you. <laughs> My heart aches for you. I oh, love you. That's too much for Scott. He's like, where's my Lakers? I'm sorry. They're Listen. at home or in, on the boat in Cancun. My apologies. Listen, I it's fine. They could they could be on the boat making TikTok videos. I'm gonna watch those <laughs> before I watch any of this Bridgerton universe they got going on. We need to place bets next season. Then, if something traumatic happens to your Lakers, I need a bet place to see if we can punish Scott by watching. Seasons one, two of Bridgerton, throw in season three and Queen Charlotte. Let's get you to season two. Oof. I think one of, I started, I think I started season two and I, I realized that I only recognized one of the characters and I was like, yeah, this is going to take some effort to keep up. So let me just accidentally miss this night and miss this episode. <laughs> and oh, what do you know? I'm three behind. Sorry, honey. I can't keep up. You can finish it. What kind of husband are you? Terrible. <laughs> Deliberately skipping episodes because you don't want to watch it. Shame. Uh, oldest trick in the book. It is. I respect it, but still a shame nonetheless. And somehow we kill time talking about Bridgerton and how much Scott hates that series on Netflix. I love it. I highly recommend it for a chick flick on the weekend. No problems with it. I'm going to antagonize Scott one day. He will watch season two in its, in its entirety and watch Queen Charlotte right here for your review on the wrap very, very soon. We got to place a bet somehow, some way. But let's move on to what we're here for today, which is NXT Battleground going down live in Lowell, Massachusetts. And I thought this was a very good show. Reminded me a lot of NXT Deadline back in December. It was a very good show. Had me hyped for NXT and then... The show quality of the weekly show has kind of gone down a bit in the last few months, and I felt the bill for the show was all right. And once again, Walker HBK, when it comes to a PLE, this show over-delivered, and it was very good. I love the setup. The presentation was nice, and the show ended at a reasonable hour, Scott. Yeah, as as probably the least talked about show this weekend, I thought it I thought it delivered as well. I thought it was a good show. Um match quality wise, you can make the argument it was better than Night of Champions. Definitely didn't have the same impact or uh didn't have the same big fight feel as Night of Champions, but pure match quality, match for match. Hey, you can make the argument if you wanted to. And the argument is strong. I'm not going to lie to you. One match really exceeded expectations for me, which we'll get to shortly. But all in all, I thought that a lot of this card from last night exceeded, exceeded what happened in Night of Champions the night before. But let's get into this card from last night with the opening match involving the NXT North American Championship featuring Wesley the Champion versus Tyler Bate and Joe Gacy from the schism with Ava Rain at ringside and... This would be kind of a, of a historic match for wrestling in particular. If he were to win this match, he would have the most successful title defenses as a North American champion. And I thought this was, up until the last man standing match, the best match on the show. This was outstanding. Joe Gacy, listen, the gimmick sucks. His character sucks. The group sucks. But he, as a wrestler, 
does not suck. He's very good. Talibate is awesome. Wesley is incredible. And once again, the fans love him. He has a very bright future as a single star that can actually make it on the main roster via his charisma and talent. In this match, I'm going to go through some moments in a few seconds. But Scott, your take on how this match went for you to kick off NXT Battleground. Uh, I thought Wesley is, uh, again, he knocked it out the park, arguably had the uh, best match on the card. And again, this is Joe Gacy. I, I mean, what, what can you, what can you really say about him? He, he did excellent. Like this was a, a excellent showcase for him. Um, I, I thought he was the, for me, he was easily the standout of this match and that's sitting in the ring with Tyler Bate and Wesley. So, uh, Joe Gacy, I, very, very much I'm becoming a, a fan of with, whenever he steps in the ring and just flat out wrestles. He's a hoss out there, and he was impressive once again. I kind of talked about it off air with you that this guy, when he's motivated, when he has an opportunity to shine, he is very good. And to stand out with Wesley and Talibate is a bless. He did so last night. An early highlight was Wesley doing a sunset flip cover after Joe Gacy German suplexed Tyler Bate. That was incredible. We have the big strong boy doing a, a helicopter spin or airplane spin with Joe Gacy, who is not a light man. And then let me pick up Wesley for kicks, does a double spin, pops the crowd. We get some great tandem offense from everybody. We just have Talibate suplexing Gacy, suplexing Wesley, putting on a show. And then we have Gacy and Talibate double team Wesley at one point going for their handsprings. And then Wesley hits a double cardiac kick goes for the cover on both men and that does not work this action picks up beautifully with joe gacy in the corner and wesley is going to do something absolutely wild which is sell over joe gacy and lay out talibate in the ring and then wesley gets back in the ring avoids the handspring clothesline lands cardiac kick out of nowhere once again on joe gacy to pick up the win to become the champion with the most successful title defenses as North American champion. This match was great standing ovation when it was over. And Wesley is that dude. I put him alongside Gunther and Orange Cassidy as some of the hardest fighting champions in professional wrestling today that go out there on a consistent basis and just work their asses off at a very high level. I would add Bianca Belair to that as well, but she just recently lost her championship, but that stands in the same category. They just go out there, they deliver, put on a show and retain when need be. Yeah. Um, he, again, not much more you can add to that. I do wonder what the end game is with Wesley. You know, who is the end game for him? For him, you know, who's the going to be the big? I assume it's got to be a heel that you want to really put over to take that title from him. Because whoever it is, they've they've built up a, a champion, a strong champion at that. Or I wonder if they do something where he, you know, since he has the most title defenses, he trades it in for a shot at the NXT title or something like that because he is built up like that. So uh, I, I do wonder what's, you know, who who's going to be that next big challenger for Wesley. Uh, I, I, but again, for me, it, this match was all about Joe Gacy, though. I I hope we're not done with Joe Gacy as a singles. I, I hope this is something that continues. I hope he continues to chase that title. He's somebody I wouldn't mind eventually getting that title if he's going to be a serious and re competitor. I just, he really stood out to me in a really good way. 
He did as well. And I think he has a baby face running him as well once he gets rid of the cult shit. I do believe, listen, when he makes a comeback, he can get the crowd involved just like that, no problem. And I think that the time will come when he's able to be a fighting baby face with an edge, just get away from this gimmick as soon as possible. But I don't think that's happening anytime soon. But as a wrestler, this guy's really good. He is his own guy. He is no Kevin Owens light. They used to be my nickname for him a long time ago, but he is Joe Gacy who is really good in the ring when given the chance to really shine. And he did so last night in this triple threat match. Four and a quarter tears for me. I will go four and a quarter tiers as well. The kickoff NXT Battleground. Congrats to Wesley once again. As we move on to our next match, something that Scott is very excited about. It is, for the first time, an American soul for the NXT Heritage Cup. Noam Dar versus Dragon Lee. We have Nathan Fraser at ringside on behalf of Dragon Lee. And we have Ora Mensa coming out there for reasons on behalf of Noam Dar. And I want to clarify for the record, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that... Nathan Fraser gets cheddar biscuits from me. Unlimited supply, officially. Loving the very, very long hair. He also deserves a shampoo contract, Scott. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I'm putting him in that same category as uh, Mustafa and Pretty Deadly. <laughs> um, you know... Yeah, I don't. I don't know about Nathan Frazier. I'm not not sold on him. I'm surprised uh, Noam Dar doesn't get it, but not after the hairstyle choice he chose. But just Noam <laughs> Dar in general. Get what biscuits or shampoo? Oh, definitely cheddar biscuits. He don't need no shampoo with that hair, sir. He, <laughs> he need listen, a hot comb. Listen, he can get a club salad on me. <laughs> That's about all he can get is some iced tea. He is not getting a singular cheddar biscuit out of me. I'm sorry. All of that has been reserved for Ludwig and for Nathan Fraser and a few other people at the table. I'm sorry. A club, a club salad. <laughs> that is, that's great. Um, so this, this was a, I, I'm a big fan of the, the heritage, the heritage cup and the rules just cause it's different. It feels different. Um, during the pandemic, one of my favorite things in all of wrestling was the pure tournament for the pure title and ring of honor. And this is the closest thing WWE has to that. And so the rules of this is there are six, three minute rounds, uh, 20 second breaks in between it's two out of three falls. Uh, a fall is a pinfall submission or count out. Once you get a pinfall, one of those three, uh, the round ends, we move on. And if, if you get DQ'd, then it's it's over. And th- they played into that during the, the match. You know, there was a point where Noam Dar attacks Dragon Lee after the bell rings. And, you know, they, they hammer home the, the fact that the referee could call the bell and this match could be over. It's referee's discretion. What I love about these matches is when they're done well, when they're done right, they build up. You know, each round you may see somebody hold on to a hold after the bell rings for, you know, to get the full four count after, after the round and just to make sure they get the full effects or they, you know, they'll attack them as soon as the bell rings, even though they're not ready. Somebody will get knocked out right as the, you know, the bell rings right as a round ends. And you could tell that it, they got that close to getting beat. So this was one of those matches where it kind of built like that. You could tell Noam Dar at the beginning of the match was really feeling out Dragon Lee, keeping him grounded, attacking limbs, going after like that. And whenever Dragon Lee could get going, 
Noam Dar the round would end. Noam Dar would be able to catch his breath, start over, start the ground game again. I thought that was a good story they were able to tell, especially him being a veteran of the multi-round genre genre the multi-round game that they got going on so um this was a i thought this match was a ton of fun i hope this is this becomes a staple of nxt and something that they really showcase going forward because this is completely different than anything else in wwe Yes, it's very unique. It's very different. I dig it. The concept was cool. I was getting kind of antsy during each round because you got to win two. If you don't win two, it's a wrap. And I was feeling for Dragon Lee. He did the nice Huracavana spot on the apron to the floor. I know Amdar went for pay dirt again, and it did not end well. It was a disaster. I felt for both guys out there. It was really the match was never the same after that, but it really got competitive down the stretch, which I dug. And then, Scott, we got shenanigans and i think that noam dar has a type yeah listen not only does he have a type that man he might not get an invite to the cookout and it's not because he ain't cool enough to be at the cookout he might be a little too cool to be at the cookout see if he go to the cookout as you could tell by the end of this match he leaving with two people's girls so you already know he causing all kinds of uproars, okay? Let's keep it 100. This man stayed with a sister on his arm, okay? Remember when he first came up, he was all about Alicia Fox. Now this man was like, you know what? I'm in NXT. Let me get two sisters on the arm. He got Lash Legend. And let me make sure I get this young lady's name correctly. Jakara Jackson. Jakara? Jakara. Jakara. Jakara Jackson. Um, so he's got himself... His whole group is a number of brothers and sisters. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> he cool with me. Listen, this man probably got the baddest faction on NXT and perhaps WWE not named Judgment Day or the Bloodline. Hit Row, I hate to say it, have several seats. Noam Dar got the juice. The end. And you know what? I should have realized, I should have known that my man was down when I saw the hair. When he came out with, with the hair, <laughs> with the with the, with the the two single braids. You know what I'm saying? See, that's the difference between him and Von Wagner when he came out. Von Wagner came out with, like, <laughs> a ponytail braid. You know? This is just, that's that's the real, like, yeah. You could tell he, a sister did that joint. A sister did his hair. I believe that. So we accept that hairstyle. Now, I will say the edges were a little dry. Not going to lie. Got to work on that a little bit. It, it was a little thirsty. You need you need edges conditioner because he needed some help too last year. But, you know, we're going to work on it. We're going to work on Noam Dar to improve. He's got a crew now, and I like that for him. There's nah, he commitment. He don't need to wear that hair no more. Actually, yeah, just 86 that. Go back to what you had before. But if you are going to continue to do that, you need some conditioner just to make sure it's just hydrated. It's very important. Hydration is key. I hate dry hair. I despise it with the passion. But he's got a crew. I love that for him. The Heritage Cup is spotlighted appropriately. I dig it. And this match was good outside of that one fatal era with the Karana part two. But both guys were okay. But I'm just thinking to myself, Dragon Lee's been on this show and on this roster for maybe, what, two or three months now? When is he going to get a signature win, Scott? When is he going to get a signature win? <laughs> he He's not. <laughs> he's God. I mean, he, 
I mean, he's he's not though. Like if he hasn't gotten it yet, and and, and again, this is one of those things where we should have realized that when they put him in a random, just a random five way instead of giving him a a real showcase match, like like when they want to showcase somebody, they give them a singles match and showcase them. Kevin Owens, Shinsuke Nakamura, um, anybody they they want to debut and give them a showcase, they get a showcase. Keith Lee. Like you think of these people who they've debuted from the indies who were big names, they got a showcase match when they wanted to, when they wanted them to feel like a big deal. He was just he just de- debuted in a random five way. He got he got highlighted, but this doesn't surprise me. And I, you know, I just don't not saying he won't get a big win, but as far as a showcase win being the guy, I don't see that in the cards. Man, I don't know. Like, this is an opportunity to really push him, to showcase him. And back-to-back PLEs, he loses. Fluky this time around due to interference. He might get his win back someday. But when you have a big-time hire like this, you make it very splashy and publicized in AAA last year. And then you follow up with two ho-hum losses. I am wondering. And you don't offer good prognosis for his future here he's gonna be taking some L's to have some wins here and there but not the win so yeah this is choices by Walker HBK so far I'm gonna stick with it but yeah this is definitely something to keep your eye out on because this booking for Dragon Lee right now is not cute no it's not and uh but I'm gonna give this match three and three quarters stars I I enjoy the format I think it works really well. I think Noam Dar is fantastic. I think he's a really good wrestler. I think this format works really well for him. I think the crew having corner men, I think the whole thing just fits the Noam Dar character to a T. So um, he he's the perfect wrestler to carry this title right now, though. So three and three quarters tiers for me. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yes, and it will matter when somebody beats them forward because you want to establish it here stateside and make it mean something in terms of the rules and presentation. And when it's time for him to lose, it will mean something. It will mean that it matters in NXT canon, and I love that. And I can't resist. You know, I'm there holding that cup like a baby. It's a chef's kiss. He cradles it. He rocks it. It's his cherished prized possession, and he's going to have it for a little while. I'm not mad at it, but Dragon Lee, Sacrificial Lamb, I'm not digging it. But I will also give this 
not quite three and a half or three and a quarter tiers, but I'll give it three solid tiers out of five. Good action, impressive showing by both guys. Finish, notwithstanding, of course. As we move on to match number three on the card for NXT Battleground, a match I've been looking forward to despite the SM of it all. And it is Dijak versus Zulio Dragunov in a last man standing match. And, you know, I love Mismilio Dragunov. He also gets Cheddar Biscuits out of me. He's very talented. He's a badass. I adore him. But he has done the one thing. I thought we were past, Scott. I thought we were over this a long time ago. I brought this up on several occasions on this show when he thought he was a goddamn vampire. So please explain to me on this night, why did he bring back the red contacts? Because it was a last man standing match. It was a bloodbath. He was so excited that he was finally going to get to have some blood and, and back into his veins and he could go back to his, his devious dark side. I hate him for this and I love him. Never do this again, Helio. Never do this again. Retire the red contacts. You don't need them. You're already in the moment with Dijak, despite the SM of it all. I don't need to do anything extra. But despite that, I'm going to put that aside. This match was incredible. This was the match of the night for me. It was physical, it was violent. I kind of got on the fans early on because they chanted for tables in the opening match, like, guys. You were getting this match. Calm down. You're going to get what you want. And they did. And this table spot was absolutely bonkers. So basically, I have Dijak holding the table up. And then Ilya Dragunov goes through the table. And he busts himself wide open. So Scott's scenario of blood for blood came true. Bloodshot eyes. Blood on demand. There you go. And um, they definitely didn't disappoint on the S&M part as well with Dijak, all t- or not Dijak, but Dragon all tied up in the corner. And we got Dijak <laughs> putting a stick in his mouth saying, you know, don't make me do this. And Dragon all's like, ah, it's, you know, so I, listen, man, I, 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 I don't know what they wanted me to take. Like, I, I get it. I, the match was really good, but there were just certain moments that they just took me out of it because of the build to this match. And I'm just like, y'all really like, <laughs> he just, he just had to add this in there, huh? He just had to tell him not even close. That's not enough. I need more. And it's like, bro, what are we doing in the middle of this wrestling match? I just, I got taken out of it a couple times. <laughs> And you know what I'm talking about when he, because he's got the kendo stick right there and dragging. I was like, ah, it's 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 like yo, the visual. Come on now, like what are we doing? It's kinky hours. It's what they do. It's the fact that Diajack is the nicest dominatrix ever. Like I don't want to do this, but you're making me do this. I'm gonna shove this kendo stick down your throat and you're gonna love it, and I'm gonna taste your blood. How about it? And Dragon off in the corner, like, do your worst. I want more. Hit oh me more. Gosh. And he's getting hit and latched Pause. with the kendo stick. It's such um kinkiness happening in that moment. It's like they love pain a lot. And what's the safe word? <laughs> who, who knows, man? I I don't know, but 
that that whole corner two minute corner scene that they had going on that they're gonna put on Pornhub later and <laughs> later on that whole thing that they did. Besides that, this is a brutal brawl, real fun. Um, the 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 coast to coast with the steps from Dragonoff that was nasty. Dragonoff is deceptively athletic because of just how like bonkers he is. Like he's like an oversized Darby Allen, the way he just throws his body on somebody's like uh, dives and stuff like that. And his finisher is just him throwing his head at you. So it's, he he's crazy. Dijak is wild. The match was as just as bonkers as you would think it was going to be. Um, I enjoyed it for for another four and a quarter tiers for me. Uh, this was right there with uh, the opener. This is really good. I'm going to go four and a quarter tiers as well. I love this match. So physical. It was very dramatic for those two minutes in that corner. That made us wonder, are we watching a very private moment? And most importantly, where is Damian Priest for these moments to be there and just witness this? Because this is his jam. Let me see what's happening here. And yeah. Things happened. Then we had the Uranagi to Dragonoff by Dijak on the apron, the hardest part of the ring. That sucked for him. Took a lot of bumps. Lands the Torpedo Mascal from the back to, to Dijak. And then he lands another strike to the back of Dijak on the steel chair. And he's down for the 10 count. Dragonoff is going to go down just to get the victory. And I love the touch of Dijak's hand and his little finger twitching, like the impact of what happened really affected him. And that's great selling to sell the impact of this battle they just went through. And crazily enough, they will gain mutual respect out of this and maybe something a bit more, get a room back at the office somewhere, guys, because you still got some things to work through. But all in all, I thought this was a great match to cap off this feud. That might have maybe one more chapter to it when it's all said and done. Off the clock, fan fiction style there is a genuine potential for a bar like team to form with mm-hmm. Dijak and Dragonoff. Like there is a, a genuine potential there. Um, and honestly, they could be a lot of fun as a tag team. Like imagine Dragonoff doing some of them hot tags, like even Dijak doing some of them hot tags. Like they both just can run wild. And I, I, that's Kila. That's really not a bad idea, and I hope that is something that is at least thought about. I know Dragonov absolutely has a ton of singles potential, um, but if you're not running with him anytime soon, I think him and Dijak in the tag division, just you know, as this team who just has a mutual respect after what they went through and whatever arrangement that they had set up in the in the back room, um, I absolutely think that they can they could be a good tag team. <laughs> Whatever arrangement. They, they, listen, they can't do segments and then do stuff like that in the ring and then not have me being like, "What you know?" It's it's need, cool. They could they could do whatever they want, but it's just like you know, keep listen, it to yourself. Listen, I'm a stickler for follow up, so I need the appointment after this is over. I need to know what they talked about. Anything that happened afterwards? Was there a bed? I need these details because my mind is very active. My imagination is running kind of crazy right now. They leave very little to the imagination via the vignettes of what happened in the ring at Battleground. But I think they, in all seriousness, could make a very good tag team. Mutual respect goes a long way. I do feel bar vibes from Seamus and Cesaro 
five or six years ago. I love them as a tag team and Dragunov and Dijak could be a force in the tag team division. This division needs a boost on NXT desperately and they could be a badass tag team here on the main roster. Have have Dragunov circle back to Gunther someday or have him be around the brawling brutes. I mean, those were options. Give me that against any tag team in WWE and it would be fire. So I hope that NXT considers that. I think when you go through a war like this, there is mutual respect. And if you're not going to have them in singles feuds right now, fighting for the NXT North American Championship, hey, this tag team division and those titles need a boost against Gallus very, very soon. So why not go there? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm said it plenty of times and I just... If you have two singles guys and you're not doing anything with them, your tag division can always use a little boost. So, um, I, yeah, I, I think, and I don't, I don't see. We'll get to it. I don't see the Creed brothers having much to do in NXT anyway. So, that would be a nice boost to that tag division, a nice babyface team to really go after Gallus, and they would genuinely get behind. So, yeah, I, I think that would absolutely work. And babyface Dijak going off with his offense. Because let's not forget, Dal- the dude has got hops for days. And I just want him to just go off in a tag team, hot tag, doing crazy shit. He has not really gone crazy since Portland three years ago. And he really hasn't really gotten close to that, except against Wesley back at Vengeance Day in February. That was the closest we got to Dijak completely snapping in a good way with the vintage Dijakovic vibes from three or four years ago. And I want that for him via this iteration of NXT. He's got it still in him to be a standout in the ring. He's a great brawler, great striker, but he's a flyer as well. And being an attack team as a babyface can definitely showcase that in a good way. Absolutely. All right. So speaking of the tag team division, next up is Gallus and the Creed brothers for the NXT tag team championship. I thought this match was solid. Julius Creed, Cheddar Biscuits all day. You know this already. This dude is incredible. Once again, standout performance. Gallus, they're a very good tag team, but for whatever reason, they're still not quite connecting as characters on NXT that still require some work but the body of this match is very good and I thought Julius and Brutus balled out Brutus is improving I see that for him I love that for him redemption from Stand and Deliver over a month or so ago because it was very very shaky but he has made up for it by going in the lab getting better sitting moonsault out of nowhere dude hello clean Julius just doing a shooting star press standing up and then just hitting suplex after suplex after suplex, then kip up, kip up, kip up at least half a, a half a dozen of those dude isn't dude is crazy. Love that for him. Match was good. And then we had what happened. And then uh, the rock still hasn't shown up. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ava made another appearance at a PLE, still no rock. We'll, we'll get to the worst father of the year later. Uh, distraction on Ivy. We get Julius. Uh, he gets pinned. But I, I just want to say this about the match and the Creed brothers in general. Both really athletic. Uh, both can pull off really nice looking moves. But I, I just... I don't feel any flow in their matches. Like, and I, and I don't think you need to pull out every single big move you can do every time. Like every single PLE you pull, 
he he's he's pulling out a shooting star press every every ple whether it's from the top rope whether it's standing like you can save some stuff like the suplex thing i'm cool with i think that can be something that you pull out that can be a routine thing that you start throwing different numbers at people but the shooting stars like those are the ones you need to save for big matches matches where you're going to win the title or a match where you know you're going to go 20 minutes and, and you're going for this epic title match but a match like this where it's just not going to mean much i i i just i'm not a fan of of doing stuff just to do stuff like that's a nice combo that standing shooting star and then the moonsault why use it now why waste that now when you could do that during a a big time match when you're going through a frenzy of finish of uh, false finishes and maybe that's just me nitpicking, but I I just feel like it. And this is why I think they need to get called up or face some different teams. I just feel like they're just doing stuff just to do stuff because it's, you know, it's a sweet looking move instead of doing something that fits in the flow and adds to the flow of a match. See, the Creed Brothers and Flow, <laughs> it don't go together, Scott. <laughs> they're chaotic. They don't go by the normal way of things in terms of professional oh, wrestling. Yeah. They're chaotic as fuck, and I don't want them to ever change. Give me suplexes. Give me moonsaults. Give me shooting star presses out of nowhere for no rhyme or reason. I don't give a shit. It keeps me entertained because the creeds breed chaos from day one when i called brutus baby brock and he damn near killed that random ass tag team i don't know who they were that tuesday night or wednesday night but from day one i love them and they've improved so much in the last year or so what scott really rhyme and reason with the creed brothers when how where i just i just and maybe it's because I've seen it so much because you're right. There is a there is a, a controlled chaos that's normally there, but it just I just feel like it's a, a rinse and repeat type thing and they're not nothing is I'm not wild anymore. And that's just me being spoiled. That's absolutely me being spoiled by Julius and his incredible athleticism. Now I, I now I'd like to see some some cohesiveness. Now I'd like to see a little structure. I think at this point with what we've seen and the capabilities we know that they have. Yeah, I absolutely would like to see just a little bit of a flow, just a tiny bit. Okay. I will accept your flow on the main roster. Cause I do agree. We will need structure there. Eventually we can have them going crazy all the time. I will agree with you there because I think that their scene is played out at NXT. I think they've done all there is for them to do there. It's time for them to move on to the main roster Give me Crees and American Alpha any day of the week, and I am game for it. They just need to be around other teams on the road to find that structure against experienced stars that can get them over in a bigger way. And I 100% agree with you. NXT is kind of a free-for-all main roster. We give you controlled structure with that frenzy on the side, which I appreciate. But I totally get your point. You're not wrong. But for moments like this, I just need chaos, and they give it to me every single time, and I love them for it. Now, listen, I I, I, will, I will say, Julius, man, like, you watch him sometimes, and you're just like, he can do anything he wants in the ring. And that's that's a scary thing because, I, you know, we talk about the structure and all that stuff. He's really just going out there doing stuff, and he's that good. So I just... 
he 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 is a a real prodigy, and he's somebody that WWE needs to make sure that they really take the time to mold and groom. And that's why I think it's so important to go to the main roster and work with a lot of those different veterans and teams and get on those house show loops to just continue getting reps. Agreed. He reminds me a lot of a few people, Shelton Benjamin for one. The skill set is just ridiculous. The hops in a talent, God-given abilities, Chad Gable, someone else, and Bianca Belair, just natural God-given abilities to be great. And Julius, when he figures it out, like those three people did in due time, figure out the mechanics of professional wrestling, he is going to be exceptional. And WWE, you got a star in your hands that can talk, that can wrestle, that can go. When he's locked in and maybe two more years, he's world champion material. I'm not bullshitting when I say that. He's exceptional at this already, and he's only going to get better. Yeah, I agree. Um, three, three tiers for me. It's just, you know, nothing. This is something I could probably tune on on, t- on Tuesday and see. You're not wrong. I will also give this three tiers out of five. And Scott is not wrong when he also knows that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is the worst father of the year because he was in a video package highlighting the importance of major WWE events in Lowell, Massachusetts. His daughter debuts in this city and he's still not here, not even via satellite. The XFL season's over, sir. What are you doing? Sipping Terramana on a Sunday, fixing some peanut butter pancakes with, with some bananas on the side. What are you doing, Dwayne? What the fuck are you doing? Well, I bet you if Black Adam would have been debuting, I know what he would have been doing. Ooh, or like Black Adam 2 or Shazam, whatever, you know, whatever movie he was going to be in next. You know. Scott, I feel like that cat in Puss in Boots. Ooh. Cover my Puss mouth. The shade. The shot I felt from Virginia to Georgia in that moment. Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> okay. So now you're Ray Charles. When did that happen? When I heard Georgia, it was on <laughs> my mind. All right, I'm Low sorry. Came. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Oh, wait I'm a back. minute. I'm He's back. giving harmonies. I'm back. Wait a I'm second. Back. Here we go. Scott with the vocals. Oh, now we need this every show now. No, 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 no. You, you, you hit the, you hit the Georgia, and every time I hear Georgia, just this comes into my mind. Just an old sweet song keeps Georgia on my mind. That's it. That's it. There you we know. go. I keep Georgia on my mind more than The Rock does Ava. So there's that. <laughs> oh my god! And you don't even live here. Don't even like the don't even like the teams from there either. <laughs> you don't like the teams. You don't fuck with the Georgia Bulldogs, the Atlanta Falcons for obvious reasons, the Braves, y- y- the Hawks. You don't have any affiliate with anybody except me. But you cap for Georgia more so than Rock caps for his daughter's wrestling career. Listen, it is what it is. You know, <laughs> I'm not in the running for worst father of the year. I can tell you that. <laughs> Ray Mysterio is so happy about this. Vindication. He's let us stay on the air this long. (laughs) He had no issues since I I took him off that worst father list. Not a single technical difficulty, not a booyaka, nothing. He has been like, listen, Keela and Scott have been so good to me. 
since they reclaimed me as father of the year and gave that title to Dwayne and Dwayne can't touch us because Black Adam says hello. Whoops. Well, hey, there's Fast 11 his way. That helps. He had to call Vin Diesel. Let that marinate. The guy he said to hell with called him up. I need some rehabilitation for my movie career. It's Fast 12. Got a script ready. I still got to see the the first of this trilogy that's coming out, apparently. Why can't he just end it in one movie? Why this got to have a trilogy? Like, when the world's yeah. going towards you. But I still, I got to see it. I got to see it. He trying to do a three-part Titanic. A three-part Titanic. <laughs> With, like, a dash of Avatar. Yeah, you know what? I would not be opposed to Leonardo DiCaprio showing up in the Fast series <laughs> as a villain. <laughs> You got to get him like a good bag, though, like a good $20 million bag to do that. You probably would for real. Like, you'd probably have to pay Leonardo DiCaprio something ridiculous to be in one of those ridiculous movies. Listen, they got Charlize, so they gave her a nice pretty bag. So if you get Leo a bag, he'll do it. <laughs> hey, I, I wouldn't be opposed. Why not? You could do whatever you want in that universe. Just, just go balls to the wall at them. Have Darth Vader show up. Last I heard, they went somewhere galactic. <laughs> and I'm not lying. I was told this today. I was like, really? Really? This is what we're doing now with Fast uh, 10. Right. We have jumped the shark, and I don't care, because this is spectacular dumb shit. It is. Great. So so Dominic Toretto apparently has the time stone. He got that from <laughs> from a, a Thanos from a different reality. And I guess he's just hopping realities trying to find the rest of his family. Because it's all about family. Family. It is. It really is. It's the dumbest, greatest franchise of all time. I eat it up every time there's a fast movie coming out. So I cannot wait for the trilogy that is going to be longer than Titanic, Avatar, and Gone with the Wind combined. Why not? Let's give the people what they want. Who wants that? <laughs> who wants a movie? Who, who wants something longer than Gone with the Wind? Vin Diesel. <laughs> Good Lord. It's cinema. Rhett Butler's going to come back from the dead to do Fast 12. Somehow, some way. Scarlett O'Hare is going to hitch a ride. I want this. Give me some holograms. CGI this shit. Oh, my. <laughs> I do declare. How about it? Bring back Jack. That's how you do it, Scott. Jack, as Leonardo DiCaprio, comes in and he finds a way off the board into a car. Yo, this ain't, the walk, this ain't the walking dead. We ain't raising <laughs> zombies up from the dead and stuff. <laughs> like, what do you think is going Don't nobody want to see this man's frozen, half-broken-off body walking up from the water <laughs> that he's been that at the bottom of the ocean. They just, what? <laughs> and Jack will come back from the dead. It's top villain shit. Why not? <laughs> that's, it's revenge that's a, for what Rose did to him. We we trying to do a, a a Fast and Furious movie, not the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie. We can do that too. <laughs> Jerry Buckheimer directing, come through. Look at this. We're giving Disney ideas as well. Can you imagine cars on a, a pirate ship and they're doing jump sequences and pyro goes off? 
yeah, I can absolutely see, you know, Jack Sparrow leading one of the ships being like, we're all, what are we going to do? We can't outrun the ship. And then Vin Diesel's like, don't worry. My family always comes prepared. And then he hits some NOS on the boat. And the boat like pulls out these cans and they just shoot real fast. And everybody's like, oh my God. And Vin Diesel's sitting there as the ocean brains. And he's like, it's all about family. Because, you know, Vin Diesel can't die in any of his movies. So then somebody no. like shoots a cannonball at him. And he's like, don't worry. I always protect my family. family. So he jumps up. He catches the cannonball and uses the momentum of the cannonball as he throws it back to jump back onto the boat. It's just incredible Vin Diesel. I'm sorry, Dominic Toretto type stuff, you know. <laughs> it's Vin Diesel. Let's not even bullshit at this point. <laughs> He's his own director, Hell, Oh, I love this. We basically have given him five more movie ideas in the last five minutes. I love that. And Dwayne has still not appeared for a single match for his daughter in any of that time. Do better, Dwayne. Do better. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Come uh what's 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 the next big holiday we got? Fourth of July? We'll see if there's yes. a cookout he can come to with uh with his daughter on Fourth of July. We shall see, Scott. Let's let's put the date on and let's hope he shows up at the cookout. Brings the Terramana with you. As we move on to our semi-main event of the evening, to crown our next NXT Women's Champion is Lara Vakiria versus Tiffany Stratton. And I'm going to be very honest. This match exceeded all of my expectations. I was floored in the best possible way. This is the best Tiffany Stratton has ever looked. This was Lyra's best showcase on the main roster to date. I felt things of her selling during this match because she's the one in the veteran position that, that should keep things even. But my God, this match over-delivered and it did not look overly rehearsed or practiced. Thank God. Yeah, this was, this was a really good match. Um <laughs> This was the best WWE women's match of the weekend. And, you know, that's just my opinion. I Well, no, I'm sorry. The Trish-Becky match was better. It, that was better. It was the best women's title match for WWE of the weekend. I thought this was better than Asuka, Bianca. Um, I, I thought, and maybe it was because my expectations were a little bit lower. They were a lot lower than what I was expecting. Because this, this turned out to be really good. I thought Tiffany... Uh, had her best showing. She looked confident in the ring. I thought Lyra's. I think she's going to be the top baby face on the brand going forward. She's got a great move set. I know the crowd was all about Tiffany. I know she has a great fan support now. Um, but that that home NXT crowd, I think, is going to show uh, Lyra that that love that's going to give keep her as far as a top baby face goes. Um, but yeah, this was all about Tiffany. The moons. Her moonsault is absolutely gorgeous. She hits it pretty much perfectly every time uh i thought she looked real good just strong match can't say enough about it yeah i thought this was just the best women's match of the weekend by wwe to me even better than trish versus becky lynch and i would not have said that 24 hours ago but this was really good the submissions by tiffany going after the knee of Lyra was very good. And Lyra, I've loved her since the moment I saw her 
winning in the woods a few months ago. She's a very beautiful girl and she's talented as hell. And I think in due time, she will get over and find her character and footing on this brand. But she was a standout last night. The locomotive Northern Life Suplex is her shit. I love that for her. And Tiffany Stratton, she knows she has a ways to go. And I love her self-awareness that she's willing to get better. And I saw that via this match. There's one glitchy thing with the set on that didn't quite set on in the corner, but she made up for it with the best moonsault ever. That is a thing of beauty. It is just a gorgeous finisher as she won the championship last night. And it's her time. And I think it is going to be a great challenge for her to be the best champion she can be. And I know she's going to strive to be that because she wants to get better. She knows she needs the time and reps on NXT. And this match proved to me last night, she's got a shot at it. She just needs time to find her footing as a wrestler. Last night, great first step in that direction, best performance of her career. And if she can deliver on that level consistently, then she's going to have a great one as champion and she will be a force on the main roster in two years. I truly believe that. Yeah, and you know, one little thing I, I kind of liked, and I don't know if this was her not really, not, you know, the moment not hitting her or whatever, or just just her staying in that type of character, but I like the fact that she didn't really get emotional when she won the title. She just had a look on her face like, it's about time I got this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I been should have had this. Like, this... This ain't this ain't nothing to me. This is just another piece of gold wrapped around my waist. I should have been the central figure of this entire thing. I I really appreciate that. Like that and that that's not me knocking anybody who who does show emotion winning a title. That's that absolutely do that. Healer face, do show emotion. I don't have any problem with that. But for them ones who don't show it and just kind of have that look like, yeah, I I do this. Like this is this is what I do. I do this. Yeah, you Tiff, Tiffany Tiffany is, is 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 special. Like she is somebody she is like somebody to really keep an eye on. She could be the next Bianca Belair. She has that type of potential as far as just being able to pick it up and you throw her to the wolves and she's able to survive and come out the, the strongest wolf out of all of them. Like this match should not have been as good as it was, especially the triple threat uh, last time wasn't that good that we talked about. So I, I just, I just think that this, this was a very eye opening for me personally. Performance from Tiffany that shows me you can do this every week now. Like I, I expect this. You've shown you can do it. Time to this is the torch. Now it's time for you to take it and lead this women's division going forward. And what I love about this the most is the fact that what happened in the triple threat match wasn't pretty because things happened and she had to call the match on the fly with Roxanne Perez and it wasn't very good for at least five to six minutes. But what I love about Tiffany, what I love about Brutus is they take these moments of we had some rough spots here and there. They went in the lab, they reassessed, they cleaned it up and they came back better for it. And even on Tuesday night, Against Roxanne Perez, there were moments of glitchiness from Tiffany, and look what happened on Sunday. She reassessed, she was locked in, and it was mostly clean. And if she can just keep that going and know that there is always room for improvement, she's going to be unstoppable. She can be a Bianca Belair 
on that level that will continue to get better. And you too will become a ring general when you figure it out. That's the greatest gift as a wrestler. When you put all the pieces together and become a complete performer, she's come a long way from daddy's girl over a year ago to where she is now NXT Women's Champion and you made a great point she never broke character and that is a mark of a great heel because she could have cried boo-hooed happy tears she stayed in the moment she said no I ain't cracking I know this is my moment but I'm not gonna you know have me come out here for a moment and to shed these tears I'm gonna do it backstage that's Jay Cargill shit you are the baddest bitch in that ring right now. And she proved that last night. And I'm sure she boohooed appropriately backstage because you deserve it. I'm very proud of Tiffany and the sky's the limit for her. It really is. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Tiffany becoming a ring general. Uh, it's very fitting because uh, she's probably getting to work with somebody else who has, who's working with a ring general and which is probably helping her in the ring as well. You know, that, that Ludwig, one-on-one work is probably definitely uh, helping, especially when you get to work with, I'm sure that he's helping her as well. So just all types of help around the ring. And it's definitely showing three and three quarter tiers from me. Yes, I totally agree. Three and three quarter tiers as well. Really enjoyed it. Best match of the weekend for the ladies in WWE. Went out of thunk that, but I was very pleasantly surprised. And Ludwig, shout out to you. That's why you get unlimited biscuits for helping my girl Tiffany out. Bless you. Beautiful couple, by the way. Beautiful couple. I agree. Scott tried to slide that in there at the end, trying to be slick and shit. Mm. (laughs) I caught all of that, but I appreciate the help. Uh, You know, I'm just saying, man, you know, just just throwing Lou Wig back out there. Shout out to Lou Wig, you know. He did a great introduction yesterday for Gunther, as always. <laughs> hey, a fantastic introduction. Ladies and gentlemen. You got Giovanni with his chest getting ready to pop out of his jacket. <laughs> he can't move because if he knows if he moves, something's going to pop out somewhere. And you got that guy. Sound like he just needs to clear his throat or drink some water. He don't know which one he needs to do. Sir. Sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. Wrong show. I should. You're right. I'm sorry. Wrong show. Main event. My bad. This is a Wendy's, sir. Stop it. <laughs> right now. <laughs> You're not wrong because that peck was fighting for survival in that jacket. <laughs> One titty was about to come out and do like a little dance. No lie. If he unzipped it at any point, it was just going to completely pop open. It was ready. Listen, the introduction is everything. Ludwig puts his whole soul into that. I love that yeah, for he, him. He's probably the second best announcer in wrestling. Yes, Samantha is first. No question. On no God. question. <laughs> ain't, ain't nobody, ain't nobody battling my girl right now. Absolutely not. She is fantastic. A godsend by WWE. Best hire in decades. No lies about it. God bless Dickashay as well. You've done well, sir. You've done tremendously. Yeah, you're doing, yeah you're doing fine. Yeah, Samantha's boyfriend's doing just fine. <laughs> Why you say Samantha's boyfriend? Yeah, I'm, I'm, you I'm, took right. his I'm, title? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're right. I, I don't know what Scott did to me. I, I have no <laughs> idea what is going on, man. I, I, I don't. I'm sorry. 
What a shot, Samantha's boyfriend. Not even Ricochet. I call him Thickashay. You can't even call him Ricochet. No, Samantha's boyfriend. Completely unnecessary. I am so wow. sorry. I don't know what came over me. I just, sometimes I just get angry. I just be taking random shots. Just uh, completely unnecessary. Sorry. No, let's, let's dive in. I need to know. Let's have Scott on the couch for two minutes. What did Ricochet do to you? I didn't do nothing. I'm a fan of Ricochet. I, I, no, I, I like something everything. happened because you took a failed all. shot. You took his name and said he's Samantha's boyfriend. It was it was more so. It was less of a shot at Ricochet and just more so showing uh, how how dominant of a figure Samantha is. Hmm. I, listen, I'm a big fan of Ricochet and Braun as a tag. Like I, I, I enjoyed Ricochet. I think he brings a lot to the table. I'm not one of those that's like, oh my god, why isn't he in the main event or anything like that? But I, I think he's great. Okay, I half believe some of that. I half believe some of it. Mm-hmm. No beef with Ricochet. No beef. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're trying to slice some cheddar biscuits over there to Samantha. I mean, yeah, she's a good, yeah, she's a good-looking girl, but you know, I, she, you know, she's not Cora Jade with a weapon. Oh my God! So if <laughs> Sam had a weapon, you would just say yes. Now Sam got that microphone, and I'm like, all right, here we go. Oh and here comes to the table <laughs> a fresh plate of cheddar biscuits. <laughs> yeah, she could get, she could get some cheddar biscuits for that. <laughs> Where has this show gone in the last five minutes? I'm truly <laughs> confused. What is into you tonight? What did you I'm, eat before the show? No, man. I, I don't know. I'm on one tonight. All right. We made a bit before I say something ridiculous. Here. Yeah. We need to stop you before you really say something egregious. And I can't. Well, I can, by the power of editing, take it all back. But oh, yeah, you own one tonight. But I love it. I love Perky. He's extra Perky tonight. He is the perkiest Scott Young. <laughs> As we get to our main event, it is Carmelo Hayes, him versus Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. This is Melo's backyard. Boston Mass, Lowell in the background basically has a great introduction as it is Beantown, a city of champions from the Bruins to the Red Sox to the Celtics who, hey, game seven as the show drops today, Heat, Celtics, game seven, it's what sports dreams are made of. Win or go home. Will Boston do the unthinkable comeback from an 0-3 deficit, win the series, and face the Nuggets in the finals on Thursday? Quick prediction, Scott. What you think will happen tonight? Oh, I, I definitely think Boston going to take it. <laughs> you let them win game six at the buzzer? Yeah. I think Boston's going to beat them by like 15, 20 points, to be honest with you. I feel it too. It's going to be a hell of an atmosphere at the TD Garden. I feel it. I feel it as well. So that ends our NBA talk very quickly. Game seven is going to be something special on TNT tonight. Head to head with Monday Night Raw. We're going to pray for Monday Night Raw. It's going to be something. Hopefully their ratings hold up by Wednesday morning. Combo of the holiday weekend and this game seven, which is going to be fierce. But back to the main event itself. I thought this was a very good match, but you know what? I love the crowd reaction for Melo. He's a great champion, but Braun Breaker and Melo, something about their matches to me still have not exactly 
clicked for me. It's good, but it never reaches that great territory. And I love the new look for Blind Breaker. Love the mask. Love the all black fit. The fade is fading even more than it was at a barbershop last week. So I love that for him as well. But I just expect a wee bit more from two guys that are really the standard bearer for this version of NXT. And they've had good matches, but not that holy shit, this is incredible match that has me on my feet giving standing ovation. I might be on an island here, but I want Scott's take on this. No, I I don't think you're wrong, and I think this has kind of been a a little bit of a brawn, you know, issue for a while now. Not really an issue, but because he hasn't had a bad match, but he hasn't really had a standout match like that. Um, his his last match uh, against uh, his matches against Apollo weren't really popping off like that. Well, to be fair, Carmelo's match against Apollo wasn't that great either. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't, and I don't really know what it is. Cause we've seen them, like there's moments in the match where they start flowing really well and they started hitting nice little combinations of moves and whatnot. And there's a flow to it, but then there's other points where it just it seems like momentum stops or momentum is just moving really slow. I don't really know why that is because they're both individually really good. Like, Braun did one thing where he got thrown off the top and hit the second and went to the top rope, stood for a second, looked at the crowd and hit a, hit a Frankensteiner. Like, and he did it with ease. And we've seen him do that multiple times. Carmelo's just springboarding all over the ropes. And let me, let me just say one thing for, Car- for, you know, Melo to be the, the a champion, the guy, and you know, why, why would you continuously springboard off the top rope when you have been countered off at the top rope numerous times at this point, you would, and he, it's not like he springboard like once or twice. This dude hit the ropes at least six, seven times. It felt like this match. Like, come on, man. Like the crash and burn at some point, you got to be like, let me try something different. You got, you got spirit last week out, out the rope or the week before, and then you get spirit today. And you got, that's not the first time you got countered in the match. It just didn't happen to be a spear. I just, I just, just the spring at some point you, you don't have to do the springboard so many times, but that, that could be me again, nit, also nitpicking the match. And that's because I just expect more from the main event with this caliber of talent that we have in there. That is so true. It, it can, it can be very repetitive that springboard and then he gets caught with the spear and he kicks off. Thank God for that. It's what it's the one go-to that gets a little bit tiresome. I want a bit more variety from Melo cause he's really good, but Bond breaker, you know, it's time to go after you lose this rematch. What else is there for you to do? You're not going to go for a lower level championship. So I think this was the audition for Bond breaker, the heel for the main roster. Let's get this guy up. Cause I want him to be a bit more, you know, spicier elsewhere. Give me more variety as well. And I will say this, his best work is against British strong style wrestlers, JD McDonough, Tyler Bate, Ilya Dragunov. They just bring out that extra sauce on him and you can feel that in the ring. Does he need to go on a British excursion to really get back into who Bondbreaker is? Because that's a different dude than what we have right now. He's still good but I just want a bit more, just push further. And that might require leaving this roster and moving on up at long last. I've never been in the ring. So, you know, I'm not, I, I can't speak as someone who has, but just from watching those, the, the, just the match quality, because you bring up a good point. There's absolutely a different level of physicality that is brought 
from you know the guys like JD, Tyler Bate, all of them. Um, and I don't know if you get that with Carmelo, and I think that does affect Bron. Like when he when he's getting hit and he feels it, you could tell he gets more into it and he starts hitting back and he's into the flow. And there's a bit there. All there's I mean there's also the talk that I mean Tyler Bate and them, those are ring generals like those are guys who can really lead someone through a match so there is that element too and i just and i keep bringing this up that is where you've got to have the mix of veterans and the young guys and i know you have to have you know the younger wrestlers eventually they have to go against each other and you just have to swing sink or swim but you have to have that mix of the veterans in there who should be consistently having the matches with the young guys showing them how to lead i just you could see braun was leading the match because he was the camera crew did a terrible job of cutting away every time he was talking to mellow you could see him tell him go in the corner and all that stuff but i just i think you you have to make sure you have that good veteran mix so i'm with you on him being caught up because i think he'll do fantastic if he's called up as a heel on the main roster and he just starts running through people go through a couple squash matches beating local talent the first few weeks then you just start mowing down guys like akira tozawa and different people like that on that level so i i think whenever he does get called up maybe after SummerSlam, i i think he would be i think he's going to do fantastic on that roster in that setting yeah i think it's coming down to a system thing in some cases like the system can hold you back a bit it's so structured and I kind of want less of that on the main roster. We love structure, but it's too practiced on NXT, if that makes sense. And there's some leeway in some cases. But for Braun, I just think that he's kind of boxed out here. And Melo kind of needs a bit more freedom to really gel as champion. He's got it. I've seen him do it on numerous occasions. But I think back to his run as champion for almost two months. And both of your title defenses are not in the main event. You're main eventing PLEs, but I need the champion to be showcased in every way, TV and on Peacock as well. And that does require some good opponents to work with. And he can also shake up what he does in the ring as well. Because like I said, structure on the show is a problem in terms of things being a bit too rehearsed at times. So I guess the next question becomes, who does he, who does Melo face next? Because I mean, if maybe if Dijak would have won, I thought I think he would have been a logical contender, and that would have actually been a nice David versus Goliath type thing, nice size difference. But who do you have Melo face next for the title? Uh, also, just three and a half tiers for me for the title match. I would give it three and a half tiers as well. If I had to pick somebody, this is tough because we got some call ups recently. JD's not an option anymore. I thought that would have been a really great match for the championship before he got called up. I'm thinking about the lay of the land right now and who stands out in a good way. There's some guys here, but you might have to turn someone. And if you're going to turn someone, I would say for right now, I would turn Tyler Bate heel. Hmm. Well, if you do that, does he go after Wesley or does he just shoot past Wesley? He might shoot past Wesley. Okay. Yeah, that could absolutely be something there. Yeah, Tyler Bate would be a nice challenger for Melo uh, as well, especially as a heel. That would be a different way to go about it. I I just I don't even know who else is on the roster that would pose a serious threat to, to Melo as far as 
going after the title. I just, there's nobody there that screams, I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah, it's kind of thin right now in terms of contenders because of call-ups. JD would have been an option for me, but he's got he got called up. Uh, it's tough. I think that is something that NXT needs to address. Who is your top male heel on the show? Could it be Dijak? He might be in he might be in store for a face run. Could you turn Axiom? I don't know, but you gotta find somebody. Joe Gacy, no, I don't want to see that. I love him, but that character's got to go. I can't take it seriously. So Walker HBK got some things to figure out because that is a damn good question. Who you got? And I don't know. You got to flip somebody. You know, just looking at the roster right now, um, you have you have Duke Hudson. Whenever he finally decides to turn on Andre Chase, he's going to become a uber heel, big time heel. Whenever he decides to do that, so you will have that in the bag. You can do Dragonov versus Melo, but you know you risk kind of splitting the crowd, and you don't you don't want to cut uh, Melo's legs out from under him, especially as a baby face. Um, Nathan Frazier, I, he now he's somebody who I could see turning heel. I know he's got this great baby face in him, but his character in those backstage skits just comes off as a dick bag to me. That's that's a heel. To, that's a heel. So maybe him. Um, if Tony D was still a heel, he would have been a nice contender. But he's trying to, you know, he's being a nice guy, sticking up for people, and still being a murderer at the same time. So. <laughs> You know, there's, there's different things we could do. Scripps is is no longer in the picture because he got the mask. He's now ghostwriter. Um, so oh we'll, my god, who knows what's going on? Let's not bring up ghostwriter again because I'm traumatized by gooey Gus. We're not doing that again today. <laughs> that purple bastard, still horrifying. Oh, How man. that made PBS, I don't know. That shit was disgusting. And that was the last episode, too. Even more a shameful. They used to hurt Wishbone on a, on a, on a daily, on an episodic daily thing. They would, they would be hurting that dog, and then he would, like, disappear <laughs> and go back into, like, his normal body right before he would, like, get really hurt. Oh, my gosh, Wishbone, are you okay? You know, story would end. Our childhood was wild. Like, Wishbone was in danger, Every episode, like he was going through some shit and they stopped it right in time because animal cruelty is not allowed on PBS. Dress this dog up and put him in harm's way every day <laughs> just to put on a show. All right. All right. Put this outfit on today. All right. Now watch out. Odysseus. Wishbone, go out there right now. Be in the Odyssey. What? What you want me to do? Cyrano, go out there and do some shit. What? Hey, beat that windmill wishbone excuse me the boy went through a lot the dog went through a lot on this show oh the horror i love him though he taught me many things about the classics no lie yeah, i agree yeah I, I definitely wouldn't have known as much without wishbone or uh or kunta kente <laughs> no you did not <laughs> No, you I'm just not. I'm just saying, like <laughs> he played a big part in my childhood. You did not just say Kuta Kente and you took LeVar Burton's title and just said, here's Kuta Kente hosting Reading Rainbow. You could have called him Georgie 
from Star Trek, the next generation. You could have did that. Nah, my uncle's the Trekkie. He he likes the he likes the Forge. I'm not a Trekkie. Oh, boo. Trekkies are fun. Nah, I'm not I'm not a Trekkie. No, no Star Trek. I'm a Star Wars guy. No Star Trek for me. Mm, See, we gotta change I'm, that. I'm the Star Trek fan that likes the new movies more than the older stuff. Like I like the Chris Pine movies. Not even the new Paramount Plus stuff. I see. I haven't. I haven't watched that. I'm, last time I saw Patrick Stewart, he was trying to kill the rest of the X Men. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Picard is pretty solid. I got to watch the last season on Paramount Plus. It's a throwback to the Next Generation, which I love. So I'm gonna try to get into it. But you tried it on this here day, calling Lavar Burton on the air. Kuta Kente. Listen, and the fact want- that I knew immediately makes me sad. <laughs> he didn't want to say his name, but I knew we all knew his name. He didn't know his I- name, but we all knew his name. Well, it ain't Toby. I can tell you that much. <laughs> it, it, it ain't Toby. <laughs> okay. They tried it in roots. All right. His name wasn't Toby. It's Kuta Kente, bitch. Don't ever forget it. <laughs> this show here. I haven't even drunk anything, and Scott's got me drunk indirectly. So this was a show today, a hell of a review for Battleground. So on the salty tear scale, which is perky today on this Monday, on this Memorial Day, Scott, what's your final tally for NXT Battleground on Peacock? Ah, man, I'm I'm gonna give it six six tears. The main event uh, was good, just just not great, and. Uh, I almost would have rather closed with the women's match just because I felt like that was probably the better of the two title matches. I got to agree with you. That was a match that took me by surprise in the best possible way. And the main event was kind of there. And it's disappointing because I do enjoy Melo and Braun Breaker very much. But once again, they just don't exactly click in the ring for whatever reason. But it was all right. Decent main event. But I thought the women... Did a far better job, and Tiffany stood out. Congrats to her once again. I will also give this uh, seven tiers out of ten. Very good NXT show. I want the TV show to be good too, Sean. Work on that, my friend. You gave this seven tiers? Yes. Oh, wow. Very Okay. So seven tiers for this and, and seven for Night of Champions? Yes. Okay, so what's your match of the weekend? Ooh, between the two shows, I am going to really think about this for drama purposes because of what happened. It will go to Roman Reigns and Solo versus KO and Sami Zayn. Runner-up, yeah. Dragonoff versus Dijak. Tiffany and Lyra come in third. Yeah, I uh, I agree with the the match of the the weekend. I thought the the main event of Night of Champions is still the the best match of the weekend. Um, I I I think I probably more than most people. I really enjoyed these the Rollins AJ match. That's probably my my second favorite match, and then the North American title match would be my my third. Yeah, that was really good too. I don't want to discount that. It's so hard now. Damn it. Let me reshuffle things. Okay, so let me do. Main event out of champions first. I'm going to put Dragunov and Dijak second. North America championship third. Then I'll put Tiffany and Lyra in fourth place. Top four this weekend. Yeah. And as I said earlier, I definitely do think Tiffany and Lyra is right up there with Becky and uh, Trish for 
best women's match of the weekend, which is, again, that's a testament to them because I certainly wouldn't have even considered that beforehand. So good job. Me neither. That was a very good surprise. And this really caps off a very good, busy weekend for us here on The Wrap via the Fight Game Media Network. Two really fun shows we enjoy talking about and watching this weekend. AEW was going down at the same time tonight. I was going through the timeline. Some things happened on that show. It's busy for the Fight Game Media Network on YouTube, on this platform, so many places you can listen and digest everything from the rap to the boom, everything in between. We're live. So much fun and hope you enjoyed it. So, Scott, once again, thank you for joining me as we chopped it up, talked NXT and everything under the sun. My God, what a show this was. Nikila, as always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. Looking forward to talking to you next week with the fallout from Night of Champions and Battleground to see what the new directions are, see who's heading to money in the bank as we get ready for that next chapter in this incredible WWE journey that we take with the Fight Game fam. Absolutely. So fun times ahead. I want everybody to enjoy the Memorial Day today. We'll be back next weekend. Heading into Monday, discussing all things WWE from Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and everything in between. So for myself and for Perky Scott Young, that's a wrap for NXT Battleground 2023. Take care. Uh, Bye-bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.